We could survive that. We could survive that. We could survive. Hello and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jack, and today I'm joined by the man that's growing out of my back. It's Chris. Oh, that's gross. What am I growing out of your back for? I don't want to be sticking my little scissor arms out of your back and my face protruding from the back of your noggin. It's the only way I can keep an eye on you, Chris, and make sure that you're not getting up to any mischief. Well, not from the back, you can't. I want to grow out of your chest like the mutant from the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger film Total Recall. No, I've got wing mirrors so I can keep an eye on you, see what you're doing back there. (laughs) I know what you're up to. I can see, I can tell, Chris. You think that you could outsmart me. I know, Chris. Well, okay, that's fair enough. Then I can still take control of your body, though, and force you to commit atrocities. I was trying to say atrocious crimes. It didn't come out. It means the same thing, Chris. You're using words, and that's the important thing on a podcast, is that you you speak. Oh, okay, yeah, good. That's good. I'm going to do it. Well, in that case, I will take control of your body. I'm going to force you to murder some people, but you're going to see the murders through dreams, and you're going to think you've got some weird psychic connecting. Uh, Connecting? Connection. But turns out you don't. Also, I can talk through radios. Oh yeah, that's good. You can also talk through podcasts as well on MP3 players and phones. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Superpowers. No, it's just called a podcast, Chris. It's not... (laughs) You you need to stop living in a fantasy world. It's just regular podcast stuff. It's fine. So 2021's Malignant is uh, what we're doing today. Directed by James Wan, who has done other things like the two Aquaman films, Saw, Insidious, Conjuring... Uh, a bunch of other horror stuff. He he flits about a bit. He's got a good range, but he does have a soft spot for horror films, uh, judging from his filmography. So he's got pedigree when it comes to horror stuff. He does. Normally when I'm searching around and I see a horror film, if it's directed by James Wan, I normally jump on it pretty, pretty fast, I must say. Ah. So does this live up to his other stuff? Because I've not seen a lot of his his horror stuff because i'm not the horror guy you're you're the horror guy you're the guy that likes to not be able to sleep because he thinks of weird monsters in the back of his head i thought there was something at the foot of my bed uh, uh recently but it turned out to be a helium balloon i forgot to put there was it haunted but when i woke up in the night and it was floating it was scary <laughs> sure it wasn't sent by it the scary clown <laughs> No, 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 of course not. No, no. There's one I definitely put there. But yeah, this is this is a good James Wan film. And I, I've seen a lot of his other films, and this is his, it's his bread and butter, as you said. It lives up to, to everything I'd like out of one of his films, and uh, this film delivers it, at least for me anyway. Yeah, I liked it. I could probably pick a few holes in it, like, stylistically. I think some of the action stuff is probably a little bit too fast-paced. Uh, I I like all of it, the the physicality and the backwards actions and and things like that are all good, but I think it's probably just a a little bit too quick for its own good, um, because I like to see the choreography, and yeah, it's just a little bit too fast-paced for me, but that's a a me problem, Chris. Yeah, we've (laughs) we've already talked a lot about it, uh, but the premise of this film is Madison, you know, a normal woman, turns out she's got a mysterious not great past that she's forgotten mostly about for plot convenience chris it helps to get through trauma doesn't it there's people that have traumatic childhoods or things happen to them and and they forget about it because they bring all their minds trying to protect them isn't it and this is what sort of happens to her and i I get the feeling there was hypnotism maybe involved in this as well after she had her um gory twins sliced and diced off of her (laughs) well this is set in seattle the most powerful therapist I can think of based in Seattle is Fraser Crane, so I'm sure he had something to do with this 
Uh, or maybe if he had had something to do with it, this whole thing would have gone, you know, a lot smoother with Fraser and Niles, you know, involved in this. But Fraser had probably moved from Seattle by then. So, yeah, there's there's not a lot he could have done. So that's upsetting, Chris, that this whole series of events could have been stopped if a character from a two two sitcoms had been <laughs> had been in the vicinity. I've never seen Fraser. I didn't even know he was a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think he did? Huh? What did you think he did? I don't know what he did. I've seen random clips of it, and there's a dude called Frasier, and I think there's another guy in it who's going to be his dad, and maybe a friend, I don't know, and <laughs> they always seem to walk around his apartment. And that, that's it. I, can't, I couldn't tell you what the show was about. Apparently it's about being a psychiatrist. I, di- I didn't know that. I mean, that's not the whole crux of it. It, it takes heavy influence from, like... Uh, Commedia della Latte and other classical forms of of comedy, Chris, that you wouldn't understand because you're you're all fart jokes and stuff. So you you don't understand high class comedy, which which Fraser is all about, you know. Yeah, this is like my cup of tea. Then I, I prefer the slapstick deadpan stuff. Yeah, there's also a dog in it as well, which is always a win. If you say so, again, didn't know there was even a dog in it. I couldn't name you a single character from that show other than the um, Fraser. I think we're talking too much about Fraser and how we've diverged off. No, of the main no, movie. we need to talk about Fraser because his <laughs> his psychological stuff would have helped Madison greatly in this film. I feel Chris, but no, yeah, Madison's not in a great place at the start of the film. She's going through a pregnancy which her boyfriend or husband uh, isn't too thrilled with because they've been through a, a series of miscarriages, um, and then he, to put it politely, bonks her on the head, and. Uh, then that night, uh, he, he he is killed in mysterious and terrifying neck-snapping circumstances. And the police, uh, Detective Shaw and Detective Moss, have a little investigation and a poke around. And quite quickly, Detective Moss is like, is it, she probably did it. She's got motive. And Shaw's like, oh, I'm not too sure, because did you see how far around his neck was snapped? It was it was all the way around. So, yeah, I like the the two detectives in this. Horror films don't usually have like a a buddy cop B plot, and I like the two detectives. They're back and forth, and them dealing with this supernatural stuff. So good fun. It's been a while since I've watched it. So I've watched this film a couple of times, and it's been probably a couple of months since I last watched it. But yeah, I remember the two characters. I know the um the male character is, is, is more on board and wants to believe her and stuff like that. And he's also got a thing for her sister, but as a female detective, she's like, yeah, well, obviously he must have done it in that lot, and. In a way, she's sort of correct. So good detecting skills on both ends. Yeah, I mean, for different reasons. I mean, good gut instincts from from Moss and Shaw is keeping an open mind about it because you can't have, you know, tunnel vision. Otherwise, that's even worse because you've got to keep an open mind and, you know, be aware of all scenarios, even a scenario when your conjoined twin uh, lives inside your brain skull cavity and can pop out and possess you. Uh, and it's like a haunting. So yeah, no, a, a, a great concept for a film. Let's have Voldemort, but scary, <laughs> scarier. Scary. Yeah, because that would be terrifying and, and upsetting. And the plot contrivances and stuff I can overlook because it is well done and atmospheric in in parts. So yeah, this film kind of has its cake and eats it too, with uh, suspenseful, horrory bits and then the bursts of action. 
does both pretty well and neither takes away from the other it does doesn't it and i'm trying to think back to the action scenes and stuff are you talking about is it sure when he's doing like the the chase through the building when you get to when you get to see the murderer gabriel in this instance doing the weird backwards crawling yeah all of the backwards stuff is really good and they try their best to hide that that's what's going on here and there are a couple of like tricks that gabriel the twin uses to like make it easier on him to be a backwards murderer man by like disconnecting the the elbows and and yeah all all sorts of unsettling stuff and the prosthetics on that gabriel face are are not good i if i was detective shaw i would have stopped chasing him like almost immediately when all all the creepy underground seattle stuff was there like nope i'm not following any further because this is creepy and i'm a big old coward so yeah i wouldn't have gone that as deep as he did into underground seattle you want to be the brave police officer would you that's what the police officer's got to do is i gotta catch his murder i gotta save more lives and it doesn't matter if the area around it's creepy because at no point does anybody when they're doing anything think to themselves I'm in a horror movie. I shouldn't follow this because it's creepy. You, you don't think like that, do you? Well, I mean, most people don't. I sometimes think I'm not going down a dark alley because if there's a horror film, I'm going to die. Chris, sometimes I don't even go downstairs at night when I need a wee uh, in, in the dark because I'm like, oh no, I'm in a horror movie now. <laughs> okay, the going downstairs bit's fine. It's when you turn the lights off and you have to walk upstairs. I don't normally walk. I have to start taking, you know, run two steps at a time because <laughs> if you look behind me, there's going to be things crawling up the stairs after me. Yeah, toilet monsters. <laughs> <laughs> toilet monsters. They'll get you. Don't look. Don't look at all. <laughs> I like the mystery stuff. I mean, it's this film was spoiled for me. I I knew the premise of it going into it. I don't think if I was watching this fresh, the the reveal that it was a weird conjoined twin would have taken me off guard so much but then again it's easy to say that when i know what the premise was going in but yeah a solid premise and the film used it to its fullest um it does sort of tease a sequel but i don't think this film needs it i think this is a, a good one and done premise so we don't need a malignant two i don't think we're going to get a sequel from it because the whole appeal of this film isn't it is the um starts as a whodunit isn't it because when the film opens up and you're watching it and you're thinking, why is this woman having visions about other people being murdered? And who is the murderer? And what's the connection? And if they brought a second film in, all that mystery's gone. You know the murderer straight away is going to be Madison slash Gabriel. So I don't think we're going to get any sequels for that, which I'm fine with. Normally, I'd like a sequel. With these types of horror films, one and done is more than fine for me. Totally agree with you there. And, and, and that's rare, because you always want a sequel to stuff. But it is fine to not turn everything into a franchise and then you can go on to make something more special obviously uh james wan has a flair for horror films and horror concepts and coming up with them and and doing something new and interesting so yeah i'll I'll be excited to see what he's got up his sleeve next uh horror wise or or action wise because he's got an eye for filmmaking which is is good and it should be nurtured chris He does a lot of things with, um, there's a writer called Lee Wanell. He works together with James Wan on a lot of things. He helped create like Saw and he does in the Insidious films and stuff like that. So when those two come together, you know you're going to normally get a good horror film out of that. And James Wan doesn't need more franchises to go on because I say he's got he's got the Insidious stuff, he's got Conjuring and all that lot to keep him going with. Yeah, he's got enough on his plate. He's big enough that he can choose uh, what sort of projects he wants to do now. So yeah, I'm happy to 
not get a follow-up of this so uh not, not again that's that sounded harsher than i meant it to but in a good way you know <laughs> more more unique stuff can be done this this film you know touches on a lot of upsetting subjects like domestic abuse with the boyfriend and child miscarriages and you know there's a detective story in there and action and horror so it, it's balancing a lot and it does well to do that and misdirections and stuff and yeah it's all very well constructed as 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 a film goes so yeah i would definitely recommend you watching this if you haven't chris how do you think you'd fare if you were a nefarious weird doctor and then a, a backwards murderer came in and smashed your face in and tried to murder you for cutting you off of your sister the thing is so gabriel he can take control of her body and he does everything backwards and outlaw he seems to have and increased strength and stuff. I don't know why that or where that comes from. I don't know if it's superhuman levels or not, but it, it certainly seems stronger than your average person. I would say if I had a gun, maybe. Although saying that, Gabriel takes out in like an entire police station with people shooting at him and they, they can't seem to hit him for shit and he's dodging absolutely everything. So I'd be dead. <laughs> Quite frankly, I can't think of any way to do it. Gabriel was stronger. Gabriel was faster. He's got his weird bendy backwards stuff going on like that and um also if you know the condition that gabriel and madison have and you finally manage to pin gabriel down there's no way to kill gabriel without killing madison is there this is the problem they had when she was a child and gabriel was a face and these little claw hands sticking out the back and they removed it all they sort of locked gabriel away and he went dormant until uh, madison got her head smacked against the wall i don't know that you'd have to contain and then perform surgery again or in this case get madison to overpower him which is what she does do but there'd be no way to stop them without killing madison and i don't think i'd be able to do that yeah there are a couple of opportunities where detective shaw uh, has a clear shot but he doesn't want to hurt madison that costs him um he doesn't die he gets stabbed in the shoulder i am a little upset that we didn't get like a a final like oh everybody's all right one year later on or something it does end like after the final sort of showdown in the hospital with gabriel and madison taking back her body because she'd managed to suppress him once so she could do it again because she was worried that gabriel was gonna kill her sister or adopted sister i know you don't like it but love finds a way chris to stop it but in in this case i think it works because there's no way that you could physically stop gabriel unless like madison like has a fight with the back of her head which would look weird probably although james Wanell probably could make that interesting <laughs> but yeah it would be weird if you're fighting the back of your head chris yeah and also gabriel is superpowered all right i've come to a conclusion he, he must be because he's got the strength he's got the speed this crazy agility and he can it's almost like um, telepathy, but with electrical items. He can call people through their cell phones and speak through radios and that lot. So it's like the two twins. And had they been born separately, Madison might have just been on like normal and Gabriel could have been like this superpowered person. But instead, he got absorbed into adrenaline, which just happened. This is the type of um, tumor that people can get in real life where they absorb a twin. And years later, they have a bit of a headache and they find out they've got like a tooth from their twin sticking out of their brain and stuff. Um, I've seen this idea used once before and things. Stephen King done a book called The Dark Half that had a similar concept to it in this book, went about it slightly differently. They're weird. They're like a stem cell cancer, so they can grow into 
anything it's not just like twins i I mean like most most of the time if you like absorb your twin i don't think there's a direct correlation but yeah if you get like this stem cell cancer it's real freaky because teeth and hair grow out it's very rare um fortunately but yeah it is it's an upsetting thought that your body is growing teeth and bits and bobs in in places that it shouldn't be so not a pleasant idea and of course Stephen King is going to have written a a book (laughs) about it because you know it is an ominous idea and yeah Stephen King is nothing if not prolific in his (laughs) writings so I'm not surprised by that at all it's a weird and awful (laughs) awful subject idea so yeah and they turned it into something great in this film as well because when you when you see Gabriel at the beginning and before he's sort of the surgery done him it's this horrifying creature so they you know they done really well in, in, in the um the artwork and the design of Gabriel on that and stuff and the, the prosthetics on it was was all really well done so like you said this film carries a lot of different points in it and it, it touches upon them all quite nicely and does things very well kudos to everybody involved in the making of this because yeah it's all done really well i've got no complaints about it other than like yeah maybe slow down the action a little bit because i want to see the weird backwards monster doing john wicky matrixy murders and stuff so that's weird um but y- you know what i mean i want to enjoy the choreography the physicality is portrayed so slow it down just a tiny bit I think the one of the reasons that it might have been sped up and stuff is because um, they make a point of doing the big reveal with Madison's in prison in that jail cell and she's being held with some of her um, detainees, isn't she? And then she um, she's getting a bit harassed on and Gabriel comes out and kills everyone. And maybe they wanted that bit to be the big reveal if you hadn't worked out at that point. So they, the action stuff was a bit faster. So give you less time to try and work out. You can just catch glimpses and question, is that person going backwards or not? Maybe they slowed it down. Pe- people would have worked out too quickly and that's not what they wanted maybe that could be uh why i know the costume is definitely like to cover up that it's backwards you know the trench coat and stuff and the way that the elbows can flip back that she's sort of double jointed without knowing it is is also why but there are clues there if you look closely enough like how the knife is held in certain shots and yeah it's all well done you can work it out before the characters work it out i'm surprised detective shaw didn't go when i was chasing that guy through the weird underground seattle they were moving real weird almost like they were running backwards or whatever so yeah i don't know key maybe i mean he'd been knocked around a bit so he he really goes through the ringer (laughs) (laughs) he does and the problem with that if had he voiced what he thought he saw to his colleagues or whatever you see it in not just horror films and loads of films where people see weird things going on and then later they voice it to colleagues and it's always like there's a lot going on you're under stress you're not remembering it correctly so had he even had he gone by the way i think the guy i was chasing was walking backwards and his joints were going around the wrong way people were like it was dark it was stressful you're not remembering it clearly things had been like confirmed like the sketch that madison gives of the murderer looked exactly like what he saw during that whole action scene so but then again it is just one guy's he didn't call for backup maybe he should have called for backup and you know they could have covered the doors and stuff and arrested gabriel slash madison before things got too wild so the moral of the story chris is always bring like 10 guys with you uh don't make the same mistake that mace windu made no i suppose a jedi would have helped in this scenario maybe <laughs> maybe even more than fraser crane chris so yeah when in doubt ask a jedi for help I'll bring a Jedi about, yeah? Yes.
And all fairness to Mace Windu, he bought, what, uh, three other Jedi with him? And they weren't just like Padawans. They were all like council member, like Jedi Masters. Yeah, but one was... immediately. One was a fish man. One had got horns on his head. One was Kit Fisto. Yeah. And he went he, immediately. He, he should have lasted so much longer. He was the fish man. He didn't need... You, he, Take him if we've got a problem underwater in a fish tank. Take him then, but don't take him on dry land. It's Coruscant. It's full of pollution. No wonder he didn't last very long. <laughs> he was he was out of his element, Chris. <laughs> take a take a Jedi that's used to pollution. You know, get, you know, sort it out, Chris. Come on, get it together. Anyway, we're talking about malignant. We're not. Well, we're not anymore because it's the end of the show. Unless you've got anything else to add, Fraser Crane. Jedi Knight would have been excellent in this scenario, Chris. <laughs> Again, if I watch Fraser, I might be able to appreciate that a bit more. Um, the only thing I would say about this film is watch it. I would definitely recommend it. Even if you don't like horrors, watch it as a detective drama instead. I've never watched a, a, a Saw film, but Saw's got like detectives and, and stuff like that in there. So yeah, I, I always like it when a detective shows up in a horror film. And I'm like, ah. Oh, Finally, someone's taking this seriously that, like, yes, someone would call the police if weird shit was going on. And the police would take an interest in it, even if they don't, you know, a whole precinct is completely taken out by this backwards monster. So, yeah, no, I, I like that. Call the police, Chris. There's, there's spooky stuff going on and the Ghostbusters aren't real. Also, that it's not a ghost in this, so they would have been just zapping a lady with radioactive lasers so yeah <laughs> i mean it would have killed the, the monster but you know madison would have also died as well so yeah there we go <laughs> but you, you'd give it a watch and you would recommend this i would yes i i did enjoy it. i was a film where the the monster is a twin in the back of your head was obviously going to catch my attention so yeah, we were going to get round to this at some point, Chris. So yeah, I'm I'm glad that we watched it. Next week is ooh, maybe it will be Dune two. I think will be next week's episode. Dune two part two. When does it come out? Is it the first it releases? Yes. So we should have time to watch it. Fair enough. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm actually watching Dune part one at the moment on Netflix. Why we record this? I've got it on mute. <laughs> <laughs> But I am in the middle of watching it. I need to go and finish that, actually, ready yeah. for part two. Okay. Well, it's good that someone is doing their homework, because I've completely forgotten what's happened in the first June, and I, I it's too long for me to go back and watch it, so you can catch me up on the podcast, Chris, when I go. Who is everybody in this film? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember this guy being the last one, and this person I thought was dead, but oh well. I thought Timothy Chalamet was taking over a chocolate factory. What's he doing <laughs> on an alien planet with big worms? That's not good. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the uh, the plan going forward, Chris. Uh, we could survive that at gmail.com or exus at we could survive if you want to. Old episodes are slowly going back up on the YouTubes as well. So that's on the We Could Survive That YouTube channel. So yeah, if you want older episodes, uh, check that out. I just put up the episode about the film Killer Sofa. Look at that, Chris, because it's a film about killer sofas. Yeah, I remember enjoying that. That was better than what I thought it was going to be, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I don't know how how well you thought it was going to be. But I, <laughs> I, I like talking about it, so yeah. Uh, Chris, end the show. Thank you to everybody who's been listening to We Could Survive That, your weekly survivor guide to the movies. Going to see you next week for Dune Part 2. But until then, keep on surviving and goodbye. <laughs>